Nice. Psalm 146. But before we get to Psalm 146, I have another verse. I want something for you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt of who you are. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt this morning that you are not simply people with no purpose in life. You are not a people that God has simply put on this earth to create pain for in some way. No, according to 1 Peter, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You are holy people. You are absolutely God's richest affair, okay? You are a people that are royalty. Go ahead, tell the person next to you, I'm royalty. Go ahead. Say it just like that, too. Do it. Go ahead. See, see what's... Turn me down a little bit. So, you know what? Uh, that, this, is what's, this is what's crazy, is you turn to the person next to you and said, I'm royalty. They immediately laughed. They didn't take you seriously at all. Not one bit, right? Now, I don't know the background or the pedigree of, of everyone that's gathered here today. Maybe you've got some background where you've got some royalty in your bloodlines. Hey, good for you. I think we look back in the late 1700s and we got a duke or something, you know, back in there, an earl, you know, not really high up in the, in the rankings or anything. But truth be told, we're not royalty. Uh, we're just not. According to the world standards, we're not royalty at all. I mean, there's no one, right? Now, your parents may have said, well, we are the, and then fill in the last blank, right? Act like one of us, right? Fill in the blank, right? This is how it went. You're a dire, and you will act like one. <laughs> Smart like kid that I was, right? It's like, well, I need some material and some paint. We're going to dye some clothes because I'm a dire. It's not what I meant. You will act. You will sit up straight. You will stand. The people are watching you. I said, Mom, they're watching us because you made us sit in the front row. And the pastor's keeping an eye on you, and don't you forget it. Your father's the head usher. He's in the back row. If I miss something, he'll see it too. You be good. I would have thought I was royalty at that point. Well, I got to be that prim and proper, Right? But you are. You are God's royalty. That's who he made. You're a chosen people, and this is how it works. God, in his infinite wisdom, literally created the heavens and the earth. He created everybody. And in that moment, he created every person that's sitting in this place, and he created every person that's sitting in every home around us in this community. He created everyone. And yet, as the nation of Israel came into being, God singled them out and said this, you're my chosen people. I pick you. You know how special that is? Do you know how special that is that God would say, I pick you. I absolutely want you on my team. That's a good feeling, isn't it, right? When you get picked, and it sucks when you don't. Right? We'll just call it right out like it is. It stinks. But to be picked, to be picked means that he wants you on his team. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And here's the beauty of it right? Here's, here's what happens. 
that being a chosen people, being a chosen people and being royal means that you have a responsibility. If you are royalty, it means you're part of the court. So, from now on, I want you to understand, I want you to refer to yourself in this way. You are a son or daughter of the living king, right? Who are you? Okay, so that's who you are. You are son or daughter of the living king, which means he still rules, he still reigns, and you're under and subject to his authority. Uh-oh. Oh, we don't like that. We don't like being subject to anybody's authority. We don't, we don't want to be known as, as not running our own lives or doing our own thing or being capable. But God says, wait a minute. You're a royal priesthood, and I have a specific job for you to do. I have a specific thing for you to do, and that is to be my priests. That's right. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been called to be a priest of God son and daughter of the living king, and your job is to point people to Jesus. Your, your only job, right? I, I can remember being in high school psychology class. Uh, I was a psych major in college, and, 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 and we would go through all these philosophical discussions, right? What is the meaning of life? And then, uh, you know, my first, why were we created? And we'd get off on all these debates, and people, well, I believe in an Aristotelian, uh, uh, da, 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 and then, I, well, I'm a fan of Socrates' belief in that, and then we'd get off into Carl Jung and Freud, and we'd go all over the place of, of, of why people were created and why we exist. It's right here. It's 1 Peter 2, 9. You are created as a son and daughter of the king to be a priest for God, which means, yep, you devote time and worship. It means you sing praise to Him. It means you lead other people in the knowledge and truth that is the Holy Word of God. It means you read your Scriptures. It means you share the Scriptures. It means you act like what's in the Scriptures. Oh, we were doing real good about praising God, singing to God until we started talking about acting. Why is that so hard? Why is that such a challenge? Why is it that we can hear the words in the sermon? Why is it we can read it in our daily devotion? We may get, you know, an app downloads it to, to your phone or whatever, you get the verse of the day, but why is it that at the end of the day, if you do an honest assessment, you realize, I didn't do that. I wasn't loving. I wasn't caring. I didn't forgive. I was selfish. I, I went my own way. I did my own thing. And people are hurt and crushed around me because, because I failed to bring God's name, honor, and glory. I failed to live it in a God-pleasing way. You're a chosen people. Chosen. Chosen to be a priest, to live in that way. Now, our vocations may be different. Husband, wife, mother, father, grandparent, worker in community and in civil service, or maybe you're in the, in the military. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you, you work in any kind of service industry for not very much for an hour. Maybe you're a college student. Maybe you're an elementary student. Maybe you're a kindergartner for the first time. 
whatever your vocation, you called to be called to be a priest. Now, thankfully, when we sit back and we go, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing it, I'm not living, I, I'm just not there. Thankfully, what God does is like, he paints a, a road map, he gives us a picture, and he says, look, if you're struggling with knowing what to do, let me show you. Let me show you. So see, we've got Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It just it repeats it, right? Because we're Hebrews, okay? And so as a priestly nation, we've got to understand that that's exactly what Hebrew does is it repeats things that are important. So tell you what, this is the way to do it. Praise God. So we're going to practice this morning because I'm not sure how many of you actually swung your feet out of the bed, the feet hit the ground, and the first words out of your mouth were, praise God. All right? So we're going to practice. Don't practice what you did say. We're going to practice this one, okay? <laughs> Okay, so here, so here we go, all right? So, one, two, three. Praise okay, now how many of you actually believe that it's possible to start instituting into your morning routine? See, some of you are real slow about that because, you see, if I raise my hand, he'll make me commit to that, and I don't know if I'm going there, right? This morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning, oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a wonderful feeling, everything's going my way. And that's why I preach and don't sing. Okay, but here's the point. I love it. I love it when a song is on my heart, when a song is on my lips. Then, quite frankly, you'll know when I'm whistling, when I'm singing, things are going well. When I'm not whistling, when I'm not singing. My soul is downcast. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. From the depths of who you are, to be a royal priest means absolutely to praise God from your soul. Here's the challenge, though. There are a lot of soul crushers in life, right? A lot of things that bring you down, a lot of people that bring you down. A lot of people suck life out of you, right? How many of you have got suckers in your life? Yeah, don't name them because they might be sitting near you, okay? Don't name them, okay? Pray for them, but don't name them out loud. We're not into shaming, okay? I will praise the Lord all my life. All my life? How about just certain portions of my life? How about just Sunday morning so that I can have the other six days? No. All my life, all my life, I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do you have your playlist that allows you to praise God, okay, that, that just says from the depth of your soul you get to sing a song? Now, I'm not saying it has to be a Christian song. Yeah, hear me clearly, okay? The, the reason I say that is because you probably sing certain songs from the depth of your soul more than some of even our contemporary worship songs, Right? Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves, Sherazade had a thousand tails. Well, master, you in luck, cause up your sleeve, you got a brand of magic never fails. See, that's in my wheelhouse, okay? And what I do, <laughs> please don't clap that. It'll just encourage me more, right? <laughs> you ain't never had a friend like me. See, I told you. <laughs> but I said, what I'm telling you is, 
that's in my wheelhouse, and when I need to pick me up, I'm going to sing that song, okay? I don't care what it is, but you get the picture. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. And there's the other challenge, though. Sometimes we think we're not living. Life is hard. There are times when you are absolutely going to go, it's done, it's over. I don't want to live anymore. You don't want to fight. You don't want to battle. You don't want to argue. You just want it to be done. And in the midst of that, I want you to know something, that God absolutely knows that that is where you are at. In Psalm 40, it says, He lifts me up out of the pit, out of the mud and the mire, and He sets my feet on a rock, and He makes my footsteps firm. Many will sing. Many will see and hear that the Lord is good. It is a great, great set of Scripture that reminds us that in the midst of our lives, in those pits, right? Sickness, divorce, jobless, fatherless, lifeless. In the midst of those, Jesus reaches down, He pulls us up out of the pit, and He sets us on a firm foundation. That's the good news. And being a priest, we have to know that we too have been in the depths of, the, of this life, and we have to know what it means to be pulled out of it so that we can share with others, so that we can meet with them and meet them exactly where they're at. Because I'll guarantee you, that is where you're going to meet people. You're going to meet people at work or at lunch that are going, man, I'm just having a crappy day. And your response isn't, well, just trust in the Lord. No, it's tell me more. Listen to them. I'll guarantee what you'll hear. You, you may say, hey, I've not been in your shoes. I've never been down that road. But you'll go, man, I've been in the crap too. And then in there, right then in there, when you are in the midst of that pit with them, Jesus reaches down and pulls you out. I know it looks like he hasn't come around. You feel like you've been in the pit for a while. I, I get it. I've been there. But he is going to pull you out. Sing praise to my God as long as I live. And so, don't put your trust in princes. Go to the next. <laughs> in, moral, in, uh, in immoral men who cannot save. Don't go there. I know we're in an election year. I know this is, hey, we're trying to figure out who's going to lead the country. And on, but don't put your hope there. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because if we put our hope in princes and presidents and Congress, if we put our hope in local government to, to solve all of the ills, what we're not doing is trusting God. We're not trusting God to provide. We're not trusting God to lead the way. And so their spirit, it'll depart. It'll return to the ground. They're going to be gone. They're going to be gone in four years, maybe eight, depending on who gets it, right? They're gone. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, the hope whose hope is the Lord. God of Jacob. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of King David, the God 
of Adam and Eve, the God, the one and only God. That's who our hope is in. And He doesn't fade. He doesn't fail. He doesn't go away. He will never die. He is everlasting. He is, he is everything. And because of that, because of that great news, we have a hope. We have a hope that endures and never fades. It never goes away. Slide. The Maker, and He remains faithful forever. See, that's what's beautiful about this, is that He absolutely remains forever. And you know what? He does. He upholds the cause of the, of the oppressed, right? Those that are downtrodden, those who are beat up, those who are made fun of, those who are bullied. He gives food to the hungry. He continues to feed us. He causes the rain to come on the godly and the ungodly alike. We have everything we need. He sets prisoners free. I don't know if you've known somebody that's been in prison. But I got to tell you, there is nothing like sitting and listening to a believer who's been in prison. They get what it means to be unshackled. that comes with the humiliation of being in a same colored jumpsuit with your hands and feet bound. They get freedom. And that's what God wants for you because sin easily entangles. It's the same word in Greek that talks about the entanglements of sin. It's the same word they use for, for cuffing someone. It's an entanglement. And God wants that for you. So you may go, well, he sets the prisoners free. I've never been in prison. No, you're, you're a prisoner to your own sin. And he wants to set you free. Give sight to the blind. <laughs> no, we may not have a cane or we may not have somebody that's in front of us, but we're all blinded. We're all blinded. We, we put our blinders on. Oh, I don't see anyone. Nope, I don't see anyone in need. Nope, nope, there's no one around me. Or blinded by our own sin. Nope, I'm not too proud. Nope, I've got it all under control. Nope, nope, I'm good. I'm just going to live in my little box. We all need to be given sight. We all need to have the light and love of Jesus Christ shine into our lives to show the darkness because the darkness has got to go. Next slide. He lifts up those who are bowed down and he loves the righteous. You know what it means to be bowed down, right? I don't mean in humble subjection to God. I mean the weight of sin or shame, the weight of loneliness, the weight of burden, where your shoulders are, where you don't want to get out of bed for days, where you don't want light to come in at all. You don't want to talk to anyone. You don't want to text anyone. You don't want to post anything or see anything posted. That's, that's what it means to be bowed down. And yet, there, you understand He loves you? 
He said, well, yeah, it says he loves the righteous, and I'm not a very righteous person. No, no, no. Let me, let me clarify something for you. In the holy water of baptism, you were declared righteous, whether you live righteous or not. Hear me again. You've been declared righteous, and so God loves you. Say, God loves me. Now say it like you mean it. Because some of you said it was like, God loves me. <laughs> he does. He loves you because you are declared righteous. And it isn't how often you are perfect. It isn't how often you get it right. He watches over the alien, which is the foreigner. He watches over the foreigner. And, and we're aliens in this land. This is not our home. Heaven's our home. How do I know that? Because home is where dad is, and dad's in heaven, and I'm a son of the king. Therefore, there's home. Not here. I'm just not home yet. We're not home yet. And yet, his love of the alien... Right? He sustains the fatherless. He looks after the widow. Those of you that think you're alone, even, in, even if you're in a marriage or in a big family and, and you're experiencing those kinds of things, I want you to know He loves you. And that love is an everlasting kind of love. And so the Lord reigns forever. He does. He absolutely reigns forever. To all generations, if he's God and he sits on the throne and you are declared sons and daughters, is anyone else in charge of your life? What? So who's in charge? And is he your father? And so if he's your father, has he promised to take care of you? And does he love you? And are you righteous? Then you were listening to the sermon. God bless you. Amen. It's a good place to be because you want to know what that message not everyone knows that you have co-workers that don't know that you have family members that don't know that the reason we praise God the reason we are called to be a holy nation is because we are called to lead people in the righteousness that we have been called to and I don't mean standing on a street corner, or thumping a Bible at them, or wagging a finger. I don't mean that. I mean living with them in the pit as well as on the solid rock. And family of Christ, until every single one of us does it, until every single one of us does it, we're not fulfilling the potential that God has for us in this place. Will you join me? Will you join me in praising God and in that praise, living out our lives in such a way that the body of Christ is absolutely known for being the hands and feet of Christ, even when we stink at it. But going, man, they got a heart <laughs> that is after God's own heart. My prayer is that you would absolutely join us as we reach those who don't yet know Jesus Christ by strengthening and equipping.
those who do. Amen. And now may this word of the Lord truly strengthen your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until his return to take us all home. Amen. We've got some praying to do. Let's stand. I'd like to ask that you just kind of turn in your aisles there, your groups of family. If you're by yourself today, just latch in with somebody else.